Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,698. Today, we're playing with slot cars and a whole lot more. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in, well, I'm actually outside the Motor City in Clinton Township with a very special returning guest here on Cars Yeah by the name of David Beatty. David, welcome back to Cars Yeah, my friend. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am, Mark. Thanks for having me back. And I guess what I should be saying, do you have your controller in hand? I've got mine in hand, and we're going to have a little racing here, but I'll explain that to my listeners that may not know about you in a minute. But I'll let our listeners know that David was a guest of mine way back January 27th, 2016. He was guest number 432, one of my early guests. Today he's number 1698. So I've talked to a few people since you were on the show. Yes, you have. I'm glad you had room for me. <laughs> I always have room for you, David, because you've got the fun toys. And before I explain what that means, I didn't ask you this last time you were on the show. This is a new question. Before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you? That I am an incredible tabletop hockey fanatic and have over 100 in my private collection. What? Starting from 1960. No way. I had no idea. Well, <laughs> see, that's why that's why I asked that question. And, you know, this is a beautiful segue because we're going to be talking a little bit about hockey today, which most people are going to go, wait a minute. I think I know David for slot car tracks at Slot Mods, but I'll explain that in a little bit and David will go a little deeper. Let me give you a proper introduction, but oh my gosh, you know, I have to ask, where on earth does somebody keep I mean, you're not like a guy like me that has little model cars. I can put them on a shelf. Where do you keep all these things? Do you have your own warehouse? Well, in my studio, I have a loft, and upstairs, I have them all on display. And wow. I just go up there to uh, to view them, and they all work, and I recondition them all. And so they're just above my office in about a 20 by 50 foot space. Well, you know, what I love about you, David, is you figured out a way to take your passion for automobiles and for playing games, and you've created an incredible business around it. I mean, what could be a better dream to life than what David Beatty has done? Let me explain. David Beatty is the founder of Slot Mods USA. He and his team are dedicated to creating the finest handcrafted slot car raceways and dioramas in the world. From vintage to modern day circuits for any type of vehicle, from racing cars to custom tabletop hockey games. That's something new that David's offering. We're going to talk about <laughs> Their bestoke and handcrafted 132nd scale cars are fully functional wooden slot track raceways. And I tell you, these things are detailed. You can't even believe it. Their creations are enjoyed around the world in private homes, ultimate garages, museums, commercial trade shows, 
and showrooms. And you know what? I've had the pleasure and fun of playing with one of his tracks at LeMay, America's Automotive Museum here in Tacoma, Washington, just down the road from where I live. And it is absolutely incredible. In fact, I was at LeMay. They just reopened this past weekend. A friend of mine was in town. We took him over there and I was explaining to him that I was going to be talking to you this week. And he was looking at this and he goes, oh my gosh, this is insane. He goes, look at all the little people. Look at the tracks. So you're having some fun. Yeah, it was cool. Well, listen, let's uh, hear from our sponsors first. They make this show possible. And we come back, we're going to dive into David Beatty and Slot Mod. So sit tight. We'll be right back. Did you know Covercraft offers you much, much more than car covers, floor mats, seat covers, and trunk liners? When you visit Covercraft.com, you'll find Cologne Custom Bras, LaBra Front End Covers, and hood protectors that protect your vehicle's front end while on a road trip. No more rock chips or hours removing nasty bug jerky from your grill and your paint. You'll find vehicle seatback organizers that keep everything in check, perfect for those kids in the back seat. Spidey gear webs that keeps cargo that's in your truck bed safely in place. Seat heaters, cargo bars, pro nets, rooftop carriers, bumper frames, bump steps, pet ramps, pet travel barriers to keep Fido in the back seat, tire covers, Carhartt backpacks, cooler bags, tote bags, tool bags, and zipper tote bags to keep everything secure. And don't forget their dash mat dashboard covers that shield the sun's damaging UV rays. Covercraft offers you an incredible list of solutions for your favorite rides. They're easy to install, easy to remove pet protection pads, are easy to wash too, and protect your floors and seats from Fido's damaging claws and messy fur and air. And here's something special from me here at Cars Yeah. If you use the code YAH120 at checkout at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off on me. Covercraft.com. Go there and use the code YEAH120 at checkout for that 10% discount. Covercraft, they've got you covered. When it was time to renew my last policy for my collector car, my carrier's rates went up. They went way up. But my usage was the same, and I never had made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? American Collectors Insurance, that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? (laughs) I was too. So I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, am I glad I did. I'm saving hundreds of dollars. I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provide me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. What could be better than that? Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, David, we're back. And before we dive into your business and some of the new things you're doing, I would love for you to share a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that is kind of a guiding light for you and your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational slut car tires smoking here on cars. Yes, and David, take the wheel. Okay, well, uh, this may not be original, but uh, for me, um, if it's to be, it's up to me. And 
the reasoning behind that is when, you know, getting into the slot car business, no one was doing this. And I, I hit a lot of roadblocks along the way, yeah. and there was twists and turns. And, you know, I just knew that there was no one else I could really count on and that if this was going to work, it was all going to be up to me. So my mantra is, if it's to be, it's, go- it's up to me. And yeah. I'll say that again. I truly believe if it's to be, it's up to me. And I still live by that today, each day, in the venture of the slot cars and in the tabletop hockey and just any kind of things that I, I come upon during this journey. Uh, I think that would be the best way to put it. Well, I'll tell you, I've got to uh, think that when you started on this venture, and I know a little bit more about your background than maybe a lot of my newer listeners since you were last on the show, and maybe you can touch on that. But I would assume you kind of met with some resistance, not only from friends and family members, but even people in the business sector going, you're going to do what? So take us back in time to what you were doing before this venture, and then what led to the building of this incredible business you've created? Sure. Well, Mark, back in 2098, um, I was a uh, operations manager for a large format printing company. And when the economy uh, took a dive, a lot of us were displaced from our positions and such. And prior to that, about for two years, I just really enjoyed racing slot cars and took on kind of an adventure of building a track in my basement with some friends. And so I was just going full bore into the hobby, not thinking anything about it becoming an income or a job or any kind of future. But as the layoffs started happening and I was doing, you know, these little slot car tracks in my basement for myself, I thought, you know, there might be a market for this. So when there was no other options, let's say, because people weren't hiring operations managers at the age of 48, I talked to my wife and I said, you know, I think there's a future in this. I think there's people out there that will enjoy the hobby like I do. So the first thing I did was offer a four by eight track, just a single sheet for seven hundred dollars. You know, and it was a complete kit. And people are like, "Yeah, you're crazy. That's a lot of money." Yeah. But when I was looking at you know my time and the materials, I just thought it was something that was worth doing. So I went to a hobby shop and I asked the gentleman, you know, "Hey, can I set up one of my tracks?" And he kind of looked at me, and I was purchasing slot cars from him for a couple of years, and he gave me a, a space, and I think he felt sorry for me. So my daughter and I would go up there. She was four years old, and I'd set up this track in aisle six, and people would come by, and mm-hmm. some people would recognize me because they had seen me in my other life and go, you know, what happened? Yeah, you what okay? are you doing? And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> exactly. So I, I did that for about two months, and I sold one. And I was like, oh, boy, you know, this is, I don't know. You know, I, I had everything into it. And so a gentleman had called me and said, hey, you know, I'm interested in a track. Can I meet you to talk about one? And I said, well, sure. I want you to meet me at my house. So when he came over, we went down to my basement. And he looked at, in my basement. My track was 20 feet by 20 feet. Wow. Fully scenic and, you know, just as kind of uh, Christmas wonderlandish kind of thing that, you know, he was blown away. And he said, well, how much for something like that? And I said, well, you you know, I didn't even know because I I never considered doing anything to that magnitude of what I had. And um, I said, well, how much room are you looking for? And he goes, well, just about a third of that. And I said, well, um, $4,000. And then he said, Sure, that sounds great. <laughs> and inside, I'm leaning <laughs> against my washing machine. I'm like, holy cow, you know, $4,000 to build a slot car track. Yeah. So I went out to his, he had a five-car garage, and I built it on site with a friend of mine. And right then, it really started to click at me. I'm kind of slow. And, it, you know, <laughs> I'm slow to the gas pedal, you know? And, uh, I, d- I doubt uh, that very much, but I know what you mean. <laughs> when, when something like this starts to come to fruition, you go, you mean people might actually 
buy these? Oh my gosh. Yes. So after you know, I was doing that, I, I came back to my wife and I said, geez, you know, I really think that there is a larger market than what I was shooting for and I think I need to, you know, to, you know, change lanes per se. And I made up some business cards and I did a website that was more geared towards the larger tracks and I had some business cards and I left one um at this place called AutoZone, which is out in Woodward here in uh, Detroit. And it's not the AutoZone parts store, but it's the AutoCast diecast mm. store. And a lot of people who are big into the car scene, uh, like Casey Crane and, and people like that, Crane Magazine, yeah. they'll all go there on Saturday mornings and you'll see beautiful cars and such. Long story short, they allowed me to leave some business cards there. And Jim Farley, who is now CEO of Ford Motor Company, had stopped in there. Wow. And I got a phone call and gentleman says, hey, can you know you build me Laguna Seca? And I said, well, sure. And he told me he was Jim Farley. And at the time, Jim was new to Ford. And I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is <laughs> until I Googled him. <laughs> and then I'm showing my wife, look, it's the golden boy from Lexus. Who's now, I believe, he was with Lexus yeah. and now oh, he's yeah. with uh, yeah. you know, Ford. So um, there was another like um, turn on the road up like to the success of this because Jim commissioned that from me. And in the meantime, a gentleman, um, Don with um, Garage Style Magazine had heard about me because mm-hmm. Detroit Free Press had done a story about me doing a track on Jim Farley. Because I actually sat down at my uh, breakfast table and I wrote to Auto Week, Motor Trend, Car and Driver, Automobilia, and I said, to whom it may concern, my name is David Beattie and I lost my job and now I built flat car tracks. <laughs> and I sent some pictures and Auto Week sent out someone to um, interview me. Um, Automobile Magazine sent me, someone out to Wow. Interview me, nice. and from that, Katie Leach um, with oh, yeah. uh, you know Katie um, uh-huh. with yeah. with uh, Pebble, uh, Beach. Pebble Beach, yeah. And the Retro Auto said, "Hey, Dave, we'd love you to come out and bring a replica of Pebble Beach Raceway." Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, "So I'm committing." I'm saying, "Yes, yes, yes, I'll do it." <laughs> and I yeah. the phone, I'm like, "I'm broke. How am how I going to do, do this?" Yeah. <laughs> so I um, and let me know if I'm getting off track here. No, but, no, um, this is a great story. I ended up going to a friend who is now renting me a small, like, 25 by 15 foot space in the back of his shop, and I was building Jim's track, and I said, hey, can you loan me $10,000? I just need $10,000 to get out uh, to Pebble Beach. This thing is going to go up to auction uh, with Gooding, and, you know, I just need to, all I wanted to do is make my money back. Yeah. So, yeah, I get the ten grand. I build the track. We get it shipped out there, but in the meantime, I call, um, Tom Abrams with Reliable Transport, and I said, you know, hey, I'm, I need to get a track out to Pebble Beach. And he goes, oh, you're the slot car guy, right? He goes, I saw you and I read about you in Auto Week. He uh-huh. goes, I want a track. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, how much are they? And I'm like, he told me how much, how big he had. And I said, uh, 45000 He goes, okay, I'll take one. Oh, my gosh. And so wow. I was just, I was kind of winging it, but I was, I had a figure in my mind because yeah. this track is 30 feet long and 7 feet wide. So... There was like this money now where it, the money wasn't the issue, but it was still, I got to sell this thing to pay back right. um, the loan. So I went up to Pebble Beach and it was at a VIP party, the pre-Pebble uh, Beach party. And I met Sterling Moss and a lot of other great people, um, Bob Bondurant and such. And so it ended up over in the, the retro mobile um, area there. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Leno came in. His producer approached me and said, hey, we'd like to do a, um, you know, a bit with you. And Jay came over and we shot um, like a one-minute Jay Leno garage. And Jay loved it and nice. became friends. And 
market just really started to snowball yeah. after yeah. that with yeah. contacts and the media exposure. And, you know, over 11 years, you know, being uh, the gift of the year in Cigar Aficionado, being featured on the Today Show, being a Neiman Marcus, Sports Illustrated, Playboy Magazine, Fortune. I mean, it, it yeah. goes on and on, yeah. and, you know, car and driver, road and track and such. But it's still going back to it. You know, I can look at that and go, oh, look how far I've come. But in those early years, it was building tracks and, and, and putting in long hours in a shop with no air conditioning and barely any heat and just working up to now where I'm in a 6,000-square-foot facility. I've got five full-time artists. Wow. And we, we are kept busy. Yeah, I'm so proud of what you've done. And I, I really think you are a testament to, you know, a bit, if you build it, they will come. Now, it's not that simple because you had you did so much work and you were kind of robbing from Peter to pay Paul to get the next one done. But you know what? You stuck with it. And here we are all the way down the road uh, and you just continue to go. And as you listeners who don't know about David, now you're getting a taste. He doesn't just build little slot car tracks. These are megaloth, megaliths, what do you call them? Giant, giant deals that and they are pricey they are they are expensive but when you see one you'll understand why the amount of work that goes into these the detail and the customization that you can do is absolutely phenomenal and i want to talk a little bit here because we could just talk about what you do all day uh, about something new that you're launching into your line and that's legends hockey tabletop games right yes sir and those came about and what what people may find interesting is I made a prototype tabletop hockey game. Now, what tabletop hockey games are is when back in the late 50s and 60s, they were really big. They had the rod hockey where the players were 10, and they would spin around, and mm-hmm. very big in, big in Canada. And when they were released in Canada, one of the manufacturers, Monroe, sold over, I think, almost a million games. I mean, it was wow. insane. So before I did slot mobs, this is a hobby. I built a prototype tabletop hockey game because that's what I, I thought, this is what I really want to do when I grow up. And <laughs> I was already in <laughs> when I grow 40s. up. I don't think you've grown up, David. I don't think that's in yeah. your plan here. <laughs> no. So what happened this past year, we were coming off three banner years and then COVID hit. Yeah. And I was kind of toying around with the hockey thing again. And I had my collection going. And so before it hit, about four months prior, I had purchased a custom game from a gentleman. I'm, I'm just going to leave it on the source. And um, I got the game, and I was really excited to get it. And I started playing on it, and I just said to myself, I can do better. Yeah. And that's just the way I am. I respect this game. Everything is great about it. But I'm like, I can do better. And my brother Larry works for me, and him and I would play for hours on it after mm-hmm. work. And so... I took the time and I invested and I've created this game called Legends of Hockey that is, I would say, the Ferrari of tabletop hockey games. <laughs> nice. um, and it is all handcrafted just with the finest materials, billet aluminum, Staron um, wow. uh, table surface, which is like a, like a Corian surface. Uh-huh. He treated players, um, um, spring steel rods. It, it's, just, it's just phenomenal. And if people visit um, legendstabletophockey.com they can see it on the site going to be featured as a gift of the year in Forbes Lifestyle, Cigar Aficionado wow. Jet Magazine so there's really a lot of positive things but the game has a lot of passion and people say to me why are you using such fine materials and I'm like because that's what I would want 
if I was looking for a game, and beyond the material, just the playability. It's like a Stradivarius, and that's just my dedication that I bring over from the, the slot cars that when you're playing the hockey, I just want you to get absorbed and just have a really great time on a high-quality game. And it does come at a premium price because of you know my dedication and passion into what that game can bring to you know joy, happiness. What it can, I was those, hoping you would say what it brings to the table. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. You like that? Well, you know, uh, this is really cool. And I love the way, you know, you've proved that no matter what you're doing, you can scale your business. And, uh, you know, that's pretty cool, too. And I'll tell the listeners that what we're talking about here are really works of art. Even when they're sitting in a room and you're not playing them, they're the kind of thing that you walk up to and you go, wow. This is pretty cool. It's like a fine billiards table. You know, there's cheap ones out there, but then there's really nice ones that become a piece of artwork. I've even seen ping pong tables that are made out of very fine woods, solid slab woods. The net is a piece of beautiful wood and it becomes a piece of art yes. and a conversation piece for the room. And that's what we're talking about here with, with uh, the Legends table that David's doing and the slot mods. They really are that. You know, I always talk about a big challenge. You alluded to, or you talked a little bit about, you know, when uh, 2008, came when things kind of changed and now we're dealing with oh my gosh this year 2020 could we please just fast forward like six months or something and <laughs> get out of this first and foremost how has has covid affected anybody in your family your business has everybody been healthy and okay um in my family everybody is healthy you know my yeah. daughters are school closed and such and yeah. um but she's an artist, so she's always busy downstairs. But with the business, there was an impact. Um, I lost about $300,000 in business due mm. to uh, trade cancellations and clients wanting to, who were, you know, we were in the process of closing, you know, agreements, said, um, you know, I really want to wait till after COVID and also with the election. And so, you know, the brakes were starting to hit. And I had one gentleman who, the day that Michigan shut down, said, David, I'm going to go forward with an order. I don't want to do this to you. I don't want to cancel. And by him doing that actually carried me. And I was finishing up a couple other projects, but actually allowed me to, I don't want to say necessarily stay in business, but gave me enough to just keep hold on to my employees and just keep moving. And that's when, you know, with his table where the Legends Table Hockey comes in, I built one prototype to the best of my ability to what my vision was. And in one day, I'll call it a pocket listing, I shared it with eight of my former clients and I sold $50,000 in tables that day. <laughs> wow. So well, said, there you okay, go. Thank, thank you, Jesus. I'm on, yes. you know, I'm on to another thing. Yeah. And I took some of that money and developed the website and further developed the game. So... They're on sale, and I build them in batches of 10, and I'm already sold out wow. of the first 10, and, and I have more in the queue. So it really gave me that extra push. Yeah. And as of today, um, Bring a Trailer was um, was doing an auction. I saw that, yes. <laughs> are familiar, and it was a track that I built for a gentleman back in 2012, which was actually, realistically, I should say, my second year in business. Mm-hmm. And for the price that I built it for, the gentleman practically tripled his money. Yeah, and wow. for what in the in the track, I believe sold for sixty five thousand dollars, and for twenty thousand dollars more, I would build that track for you today. Mm-hmm. So 
everyone kind of made out. <laughs> so Yeah, it, this is really cool. I saw that and I smiled because I knew we'd be talking today. And I went, you know, this is so cool because this is a testament that what you're creating is not just a happenstance fly-by-night thing. It's something that is of value. And, and I, I, I look at it this way. It's kind of like looking at things like restored cars. Many times people restore cars and they spend all this money and or even have special builds done. And then when they resell, they sell for a fraction, pennies on the dollar or parts of dollars. You know, they just don't sell for as much. When I look ahead at somebody like Rod Emery, John Wilhoyt, uh, Rob Dickinson, who are building outlaw cars, singer cars, and then their cars go back on the market and they sell for more than what they paid for them. Um, now, if you think about someone like Singer, his original cars were 200000 250 Now they're 750 800 I mean, you know, pushing a million bucks. Things change. And the same for you. I mean, it costs more to do things now than it did 10 years ago. That's just inflation. That's what happens. But it brought a huge smile on my face. And I went, you know what? David must be smiling when he sees this <laughs> because – but I just love the whole story. I think it's absolutely fantastic, and where you've gone with it and what you've done has been tremendous. Let's say uh, thank you to our sponsors real quick. We come back. Uh, I want to kind of share your passion with slot cars and cars in your life. So sit tight. Keep the controller at hand. We're ready to take off here. You know, plus, I'm always thinking about you when I think about these new electric cars, because when you and I last talked, electric cars were kind of, huh. And now, yeah, it's ludicrous mode. It's just like living in David's <laughs> life, right? So, uh, yes, sir. So sit tight. We'll be right back. Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is TechForce Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, TechForce is bringing bright young students into the auto, diesel, aviation, marine, motorcycle, motorsports, and restoration worlds. To date, they've awarded more than $10 million in scholarships and grants to tech students. And in times like these, I don't have to tell you how essential those techs are. Keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping America rolling. To learn more about TechForce or to make a donation to this cause, visit www.techforce.org. You'll be glad you did. What do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're Kevin Buckler, a racer and the racing group's team owner, you create Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, and a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to tell you about Redline. It's a rich and complex blend delivering a taste of ripe blackberries, black cherry licorice, and a hint of toasty oak. An added very cool option is that this features the world's first interactive wine label. That's right. When you pour the wine, the three-dimensional tachometer actually hits the red line. It's incredible. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. 
If you use the code CARS, yeah, all one word in all caps, when you go to checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wines from the racing series. The wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARS, yeah, checkout for $10 off of your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYAH to save $10 today. Cheers! All right, we're back, and I'd love for you to share a story that instigated, and I typically ask about cars or four cars, but you've been a slot car guy, I think, since you're a kid. So when did this all start, this passion for slot cars? Well, it started probably I was ooh, eight, nine years old. Uh, my brothers had slot cars, and they were always around the house, but they didn't let us play with them. I have seven brothers, <laughs> oh, so you can imagine so, so wait a how minute. well things get. Seven? Now, where are you in the mix of seven brothers? Uh, I am the youngest, and I am, I have a twin. Oh, my gosh. Um, wow, your parents. Yeah. Holy cow. They had a busy life. Yep. <laughs> and four sisters. So, yeah. What? It was, what? It was a house. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Eleven kids in your house? Yep. My dad was a hardworking man. So oh my when gosh. we got toys, um, you we played. The, <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. I mean, I can remember our slot cars. You know, it came to a time where they didn't even have the bodies anymore. They were just always chassis, you know, because we would step on them and such. And, wow. um, you know, even with, we had tabletop hockey games in that we'd play them so much the players would break and we would glue and tape on, um, popsicle sticks for the hockey players. <laughs> so everything got really used. But, yeah. um, we used to race slot cars a lot. And, you know, where my business is now, a mile away was Model Products Company, which was the big model car ma- manufacturer oh, back yeah. in the day. Yeah. So people who were building, so a friend of mine's mother worked there, and we'd get all the, um, I guess you would call the offshoots or the, you know, the mist. I mean, what do you want to call them? Kind of like the seconds and stuff? Yeah. You know, just uh-huh. Im- imperfected. Mm-hmm. So we'd have boxes of models. So um, we built models and we raced slot cars. Well, as I got older, about when I was 10, um, 9 or 10, my brother Leo was working with McLaren Racing out of Southfield here. Unfortunately, Bruce McLaren had, had passed away, I believe, three years earlier. Mm-hmm. So he was with the Can-Am team. And so um, it was really kind of neat to you know see him going out on the road yeah. um, with McLaren, coming home with the uniforms on, and uh, actually stopping at home with Peter Repson's car on the back of the truck. No way. And, <laughs> wow. Yeah, and so it was like, wow, what is this? But we were more interested about the pit bikes, because mm-hmm. they had a few mini bikes tucked in the back of the truck. So seeing that car, and then we were always watching racing at the Indianapolis 500 and anything that we could catch. And, you know, I, I, went, I remember going to the local theater and seeing the movie Le Mans and just going, oh, my God, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Which really kind of inspired me when I built my first track yeah. to do a Le Mans, you know, inspired track. Nice. So early on, it was, you know, racing slot cars, watching the Indianapolis 500, being in the Motor City, seeing the muscle cars in the late 60s and the early 70s, and just the sounds of them. And so, you know, as I, I grew up, I, I kind of started leaning towards more European, like Porsche was my favorite car. And then I had three Volkswagen Scirocco's. And so I kind of went through that phase wow. to where now I'm driving, you know, um, a, a Challenger with as much horsepower as I can possibly squeeze out of it. <laughs> I've already gone through two sets of tires. Yep. My wife's like, what is wrong with you? And why yeah. does it have to be so loud? Uh-huh. Um, so it's it's kind of like, 
you know, from racing the slot cars to being around cars and going to car shows through the year. And, and Mark, I have seen some incredible personal car collections that I don't think anyone knows exist, but these gentlemen are very private. And and so I go into these collections and I see, you know, one gentleman owned each, one of each um, Mustang, the GTs from 1967. Yeah. What of uh, yeah. Shelby Mustang? Yeah, sure. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I never imagined I'd have my head under the hood of 100 cars. But <laughs> there was just a lot of great experiences from that to going to barbecues out of Jay Leno's in his garage and being a guest and just making a lot of friends, you know. And through all these years, I mean, a highlight of, you know, of having built a track for Zach Brown, who's now running McLaren, to actually building a track for Formula One proper that traveled the world to each of their races. Mm-hmm. which at the end of the season, uh, I believe it was two years ago, um, got signed by all of the drivers and auctioned off. So just some really like personal, like, wow, I could never imagine this, things happening. Yeah. So, you know, with working with Bobby Ray Hall and, and, and people like that, good people who have still championed me and, you know, doing um, the torque show with Tommy Kendall, you know, and Justin Bell. I mean, just... And your show, I mean, there's just a lot of great things that I could have never imagined as a child raising slot cars, yeah. putting lighter fluid on the track in our living room. <laughs> and my dad is going, what are you doing? You know, oh, I know. To, yeah, you got to burn the house today. down, kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just an incredible journey. And, you know, with building the tracks and touching on the point of, you know, the value of them, many of the people who are buying my tracks, which now average sell averagely for one hundred dollars to $250,000, it's all about the interactive, the art of it, and... And, mm-hmm. you know, one gentleman said, Dave, I, you know, he bought one of my largest installations. And he's like, I, I just love collecting art. And he goes, this is incredible. And he raced the cars and he has cars. But he goes, Dave, it's really not about the slot car racing. That's part of it. He goes, but I just love the way it looks. And, yeah. and so that's very touching. And, and I still to this day, once they go out the door, I'm kind of disappointed because it's kind of like. <laughs> your children. You know, you send your kid off to school the first day, you know, and you're like, oh. But I'm glad to see them go because then we're always on to the next one and just trying to really push myself and my guys to really deliver. Well, you deliver, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, I was thinking back to our first talk. You mentioned my first new car was a 79 Scirocco. So were those Scirocco's you had, were they the first gen Scirocco or second gen? Uh, they were the first generation. Okay, yeah, like mine. Okay, yeah. Yep. Those were fun cars. I mean, not super fast, but I was in college, and I went from a Carmen Ghia to that car, so it was faster. You know, it was more luxurious, I guess. But you just don't see those around anymore. No, and and I look. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Either, either they're rust buckets or they just want too much. And, yeah. you know, I told my wife, when I find the right one, I've got the permission that when <laughs> I find the right one, I can pull the trigger. Because our daughter, um, Adeline, uh, she's um, now, she's... Um, Maddie's 17, and she's going to be going off to college. So yeah. there's still lots of responsibility, you know, yeah, to the business, to yeah. this family, and, and, and to my team. I, I just can't, you know, it's it's a different world. And yeah, um, But yeah. uh, Scirocco is one dear to my you know heart. It, it'll, it'll show up when it's ready. Of course it will. Yeah, cars have a way of finding us when we really want them. What was your first very special car? I would say, well, I had a 1968 Corvair convertible. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was Monza. So it was it was really sweet, but it was, the back end would always kick around on gravel, and so it got pretty scary. You know, the engine was in the back, and so it was kind of heavy. Uh-huh. Um, and then I I had a seventy Charger that I really enjoyed, '69 uh, Nova. Um, but then as uh, then I got into the Scirocco's, and it was three Scirocco's in a row. Wow. Um, so 
I kind of went that way. And um, now, you know, with the way life goes, it's, you know, I've got the Challenger yep. and the Range Rover and the family van. And sure. just, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, you know, there's still some cars out there that, you know, um, I would like. But uh, to be honest, Mark, I've been in, you know, Ferraris that I could never imagine. You know, what yeah. is it, the Ferrari? F40. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, because the clients will say, hey, you want to go for a ride? And so now I'm like, I don't know. The cars I really like, I could never afford, but I still like the, like, 1972 RS, mm-hmm. you know, Porsche RS. You know, that's what, classic with the ducktail in, in, the, in the 73. And so those are kind of cars that I think, hey, maybe someday in the Porsche 928 with, you know, back when I was younger, um, seeing Tom Cruise. Uh, <laughs> Who's the U-boat captain? <laughs> exactly. And um, I did find one of those last summer and I hesitated and I lost out on it. Well. And it was the exact same car. So that's kind of, you know, with where I'm at with cars. On, on a personal side, I mean... I always say that uh, the, the right car will find you, and if you didn't get the car you thought you wanted, you probably dodged a bullet. You just don't know what that bullet had in store for you. So it's the only way you can look at it when you miss cars. You know, that's the way I kind of view it. But uh, the right cars will come along. Just give it time. Give it time. Sure. So, yeah. Well, when people ask me, you know, do you have you know do you have a car collection? And I say yeah, and they say well how big? I say well, I bought seven hundred of them, <laughs> and then I said but they're about this big, and then yep. their eyes get big, and then they come to the studio, and you can see them on display in the cases yeah. down the hall. So yeah, yeah. exactly. I've got this, I've got the same collection. It's just they're all sitting <laughs> on my desk or on a shelf somewhere. Well, here's a bit of an introspective question, David. If I crawled into your head here, uh, if you were manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is your attributes as a human in a vehicle. What would you be, David? Mm. Wow. That's kind of a uh, ethereal a question. question. Yeah, deep question. You're kind of on the yeah. counselor's couch today. Um. Oh. What kind of vehicle would I be? I, first thing that pops in my, hand, my head is a Range Rover Defender. Oh, okay. Because yeah. they're very, um, they're very strong. They're very protective. They're, yeah. they're nothing stops them pretty yeah. much. I, I mean, like they just yeah. keep going and going and um, resilient. <laughs> I guess. But you got to be that kind of. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I've I've had Range Rovers, and I've loved the brand, and I've always felt safe in them. So I think uh, if that's my spirit automobile, that would be kind of it. Okay, I um, like it. You yeah. know, nicely answered. I think it's good. Yeah, it's a way to go. Well, we are entering what I call the last lap around the slot car track here. I'm going to fire off some quick questions, get some quick answers from you. And with a controller on a slot car track, you can go very quick and stop very quick. So here we go. Sure. What's one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your successes with your business? Um, uh, my, my personal habits? Yeah. I want to say, um, I don't know if this would be a habit, but I have, um, uh, what, what is the word? I have that compulsive disorder. <laughs> <laughs> OCD? <laughs> yes. Or ADD? I never stop. Or DDS? Yeah. Or STP? Or um, <laughs> I think of it's, it's one of those, but I can never stop thinking about slot cars and tracks and creating things and my wife's like you know when i get up in the morning she'll say just give me five minutes to enjoy my coffee <laughs> and then it starts just pouring out of me hey i was thinking about this and this turn and what we did yeah so uh, you know if did you ask if that what was one of my habits well yeah um, I, no i think ocd is probably although sometimes that's a mental disorder they talk about compulsive <laughs> You know, but we'll we'll call it something good here because I think a lot of us car folks, you know, automotive enthusiasts, are a bit OCD when it comes to cars and things. Yeah, I guess my habit would be I'm always looking 
at things that how I can improve them, okay. or you know what okay. what could have been made better about the slot car um, tracks of the past and the slot cars that are made, even the cars today, even the hockey games, and and that's where people when they come upon my games, it's like, well, how did you think of this, and why are you doing it like this? Because I always think there's a better way, not always the fastest way, and not the easiest way, but if I get there, um, that's you know getting to the furthest location isn't always a straight line. you got to go around mountains and obstacles and stuff. So I'm always willing to just keep thinking and invest, you know, time and money to get the best out of whatever I'm doing. Right, right. And that's pushing myself, and I walk five miles a day, and, you know, I do all kinds of things to make myself better so I can be on the planet longer for my family and people who want tracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say what you have is Kaizen, which, of course, is that Japanese term, which means change for the better. Continuous improvement, kind of uh, sharpening the saw. Kaizen is that concept. So I'll say that you have Kaizen. How's that sound? I like that. Okay, very I, good. I just read the, the Art of War for the second oh, time. Oh, there too, you go. So, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's mentioned in there. Absolutely. Funny you mentioned that. My guest yesterday mentioned that as a book to read. So uh, Lou Santiago, builder of classic cars and he has a youtube channel uh so uh yeah kaizen is a good thing now if i could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry living or deceased who would it be mm, anyone in the automotive industry yeah uh, well there's a lot of people <laughs> i know i know you know it, it, mm, I, I would have to say kimi raikkonen oh okay yeah <laughs> what do you like I mean, about he's a kimi? driver yeah, driver, uh, F1 driver. Just his personality and his focus and his um, his resilience. And, mm -hmm. you know, he's the oldest driver, I believe, in yeah. Formula One right now. And yeah. uh, he just has a no BS attitude about, let me just drive the car. Yeah. And I, I think if he was in, you know, uh, I follow F1, but uh, I just think Kimmy's a really inter interesting personality. You know, I've had the opportunity of eating dinner with David Hobbs and um, Bobby Rahal and Al Unser and Junior. Wow. So I've met a lot of those people. Yeah. Um, you know, Jay's a great guy, but, you know, when I think about, you know, th there's so many people, um, you know, including you, that I'd like to sit down and have a dinner well, with. Well, anytime you want. Me. You're always welcome. I'll let over. you pick up the check. I, I'm happy to do that, or come over to the house, we'll make you a nice meal. How's that sound? <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Yeah, keep me but, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's there's just a lot of great people out there, but, you know, it, on the driver's side, like Kimi Raikkonen and, um, you know, I'd have to say that's one of them. You know, Richard Petty would be kind of cool to hear some of his stories and such. But, you know, um, I think, I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, I know that Magnus Walker has a lot of fans, and him and I are friends, and I've had dinner with him and spent time at his place in L.A. So um, I, I do get to meet a lot of interesting people. And Camilla Pardo, I think you know Camilla. Uh-huh, yeah. He is the designer of the, of the first four GT. So there you go. Yes. Yep. So I've been very fortunate. So um sorry if I kind of paused when you asked who would I want to be. There's many people out there, but um, that's kind of... Well, for this show, it's just pick one, and I think you picked an interesting guy, <laughs> Kimi the Rice, the Iceman. I always loved that that one line when he was racing and the radio came on, and he said, leave me alone, I know what I'm doing. You know, it's like he just gets down and focuses. I understand he's quite the party guy when he's off the track, so a little bit of uh, contradiction there of his seriousness of his racing, but uh, he likes to have some fun in life. Now, when it comes to automotive advice, is there something that somebody has offered you that you found very valuable? Uh, yes. Um, I had a gentleman I built a track for about two years ago, and I installed it. And we were talking at the end, and I was thanking him, and he said, David, he goes, he goes, you, you 
uh, he said, you know, you're a really, you're really a nice guy. And I, he goes, and you're a very sensitive man. And he says, but he goes, I have to tell you, you did a fantastic job. And he said, I would have paid you twice as much as <laughs> I did for this track. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah. What? You know, and yep. because he just said, he goes, what you do, it's, it's really more art. He goes, the slots are great, but he goes, I view it as interactive art. And this gentleman paid, you know, a fair price for this. Mm-hmm. And he said, he goes, Stay grounded, stay nice, and stay true to your vision. Yeah. And don't let people tell you how much you're worth. Uh, you know, just put yeah. it out there. Yeah. And, Very you know, nice. anyone who's, you know, I would say when people come to me and they ask me, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, I, I don't just say, oh, yeah, go for it. You know, I, I say, well, this is this is my story. And when I was starting out, I had someone tell me, don't do it and, and, and stuff like that. But you know, if there's someone who's already done it and you can learn from them, then take the advice. But, it, you know, when doing something like I was doing was just kind of common sense, using common sense, failing, learning from the failures, drawing on people's knowledge, you know, and, you know, like with the Zach Brown, as I, you know, Zach's kind of a mentor now. And when opportunities come my way, I'll say, hey, Zach, I've got this opportunity with this driver to represent me. And he'll kind of chirp in my ear. And so it's good to have those kinds of people around it and, and really surround yourself with good people. And it, it it's not about, you know, um, all the likes and all the compliments on Facebook, which are really great. But if you just stick to what you do, the money, if that's what you're after, will come. Mm-hmm. And if you stick to what's true to you, uh, you'll be able to sleep good at night and feel good and own what you do and just take pride in it. And mm-hmm. with from the slot cars to the hockey games to whatever it is, and you mentioned ping pong, and that's one of the things that I love to do too. So you never know what's going to, you know, come over the net, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, in the you future. Know. Absolutely. Well, I always ask about resources. I think the thing to do today is to list your websites as resources, and I want you to mention those again. Obviously, one is slotmods.com, right? Yes, and then there is Legends Table Hockey. Okay, awesome. I'll make sure I put a link to those on your show notes page. You got to go and check these out. It will blow you away. Is there a book you've read that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, You mentioned The Art of War. (laughs) It could be anything. The Art of War? Yeah. The the Daily Stoic? The Daily Stoic? Meditation of Marcus Aurelius. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I do a blog, and for all you listeners that aren't already subscribed, go to carsyeah.com and subscribe, and you'll have your name in the hat for a bunch of book giveaways I'm doing. But uh, Epictetus, the Stoic who wrote original book about it, and he, his story of being a slave 2,000 years ago and how he turned that around is really, really key. So I, I find it interesting that you mentioned that, but of course, Marcus Aurelius and Stoicism and the Daily Stoic, yeah, it all kind of ties together. It's actually kind of my Bible. I mean, I read from it every day, and it's really like during COVID and stuff, it just helps keep the perspective on what I'm doing, and yeah. just the meditations that are in there are very uplifting, yes. and um, so um, I'm all about it, <laughs> and it, it's good stuff, and there's, um, uh, you know, and, and there's other books that I've read, like How to Win Friends and Influence People early on, and, and just kind of tune up to, sometimes you can really get caught in your own head, and it's, sometimes that's not the best place to be, unless you're being creative, you know, so I would say that The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday is a great book to read. There you go. Awesome. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question is always a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car today. You mentioned some cars you'd like to have, maybe even just the old perfect uh, first gen. Jen Scirocco. What am I going to buy David Beatty today? Hmm, uh, 1980 Volkswagen Scirocco. That's it, huh? Yeah, okay. Well, I can do that. <laughs> That's what comes to mind. 
Yeah, well, you're a cheap date, so that's not so bad because those aren't going to be. Or Peter Brock, or Peter Brock, Dawson 510. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Maybe Dodzilla. Did you ever see that build that he did? Yes, I did. Yeah, kind of crazy, that yeah. green one. That yeah. Built. Yeah. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, great stuff. You know what? Um, I'm going to buy you a Scirocco because, you know, I had a 79, so that'll bring back some good memories. Uh, what color would you like yours to be? Um, Red. I had a Mars red one. You did? Okay. Mine was metallic yes. green. So uh, oh. I think it's one of the only green cars I've owned. The only, only one was my race car when I was vintage racing. I had a Lotus 18 that was traditional British racing green with a yellow nose. But uh, yeah, Mars red. That was cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was originally a, um, like a burgundy metallic, and I took it to a Mars Red, and two okay. weeks after that, someone crashed in the back oh, of it. Oh, ouch. So, <laughs> oh, that's no fun. But well, uh, I had a metallic blue one, I had a white one, and I had the, the wow. burgundy, and I okay. just loved them. All right. Well, I'll get to work. I'll see what I can find you. David, you've taken me in another great ride today. I knew this would be fun. I'm so glad that we got back together. I want to thank Tom Gibson, Gibson Communications, for reconnecting me with David. Tom's been sending me some great guests in the last couple of weeks. Thank you, Tom. I mean, just some wonderful people reconnecting me with great people like you, David. Before I let you go, though, could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance since you read things like Mark from Marcus Aurelius on Stoicism <laughs> before you drive off into the sunset in the 1980 VW Scirocco? Oh, a bit of wisdom. Yeah. Well, Mark, I guess a bit of advice I would give to somebody who's starting out or, or wanting to go down the road that I took is truly believe in yourself and your capabilities and try to gather as much knowledge you can about business. If you're an artist, you've got to know the business part of it and the numbers and what things are going to cost. Because in reflecting back now on how I got to where I am and the cost associated, I could have easily took a side road and said, I'm not going to do this. But I stuck to it. I self-educated myself about finances, and I surrounded myself with some really good people on the business side and as the artistic side. And I think whatever you're doing, as long as you surround yourself with the right people and always, always follow your instinct. That's why we have it. It's there. We're born with it. And when you start going against it, you're going to find yourself in some bad places, and you're going to be running on bad fuel and low spark. No energy. You're going to fly right <laughs> off the track, just like those slot cars used to do, right into the wall. Hear my mom exactly. yelling from the kitchen, stop crashing your cars. You're wrecking the wall. So, uh, yes. yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, what what I want to add, though, too, is um, I want to thank you for having me on the show. You're that welcome. way people can be exposed and yeah. hear the story about slot cars and because so many people still, oh, I didn't know they existed. And so you interviewing me about slot cars and about entrepreneurism and such that, you know, dreams do come true and all the love of cars. Yeah, absolutely. David is an example. I'll make sure I put links to his uh, website and both websites, slotmods.com, legendstablehockey.com. You can check them out. Again, you're going to be blown away when you see what we've been talking about. If you've not already seen what David does, absolutely incredible. David, hey, thanks for returning to Cars Yeah and for spending a little bit of time with me here. Next time we get together, I'll cook you a meal. We'll play some slot cars, some table hockey, <laughs> have some fun. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Happy racing. You too, my friend. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? 
If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars Yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!